So, hey everybody, welcome to the Hyrith and Other Words podcast. I'm with some, with my, the yin to my yang. Oh, that's beautiful. That is good. Um, we're both wearing orange beanies because it's hunting season and we don't want to get shot. Um, <laughs> so this is one of my best friends from my whole life. His name's Evan Ponter. Uh, originally from the area, but lives out in big bad Los Angeles right now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you survived the apocalypse long enough to crawl back to the East Coast <laughs> yep, exactly. and see us for a little bit. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great. I'm doing good. It's uh, beautiful to be back in this cold weather <laughs> i had to buy a pair of boots i didn't own them prior to this well, i was gonna say like do you have to buy like a winter jacket whenever you come home every time and the problem is like <laughs> being in your late 20s like when you're a kid like this is what sucks like as a child you grow out of your clothes every like year well as a late 20s year old i feel like this is exactly what's happening again because i just keep getting fatter <laughs> i'm not growing i'm getting bigger and so every year it's like oh. gotta get a new jacket i'm going home to see mom and dad oh my gosh so like for me i go through these phases of like like i was really skinny a couple years ago and then like i said earlier i fell in love and then you, when you get domesticated you get like heavier oh yeah um and uh i'm not like upset about that it's just what so happens you know yeah. and uh anyway so like i I have these like two sets of clothing that are like skinny, like peak Tim, and then like, uh oh, <laughs> like Whoops. you're you've been enjoying those chips a little bit too much, buddy, Tim. Which is pretty like that's that's platinum Tim. It's great, dude. Yeah, man. I feel like you feel happier. Like I'm never happy when I'm dieting. I love the way I look, <laughs> but I have to do it like real quick. I, I plan it for like summers where Whoa. I can go into a pool party and be like, look at me. And then I fall fall asleep because I'm so hungry. Right. And my body's like, dude, come on. Maybe this will swing us into kind of topics that we 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 like to talk about i was thinking about like for this episode so like i said evan and i friends for a very long time and there's two things that we really love to talk about and it's the two things that you're not supposed to talk about <laughs> around this this time of year right like at thanksgiving and christmas you're not supposed to talk about religion and politics but that's always what it comes down to for us always. and uh yeah i love it because it's Anyways, I'm getting too far off because I want to stay back onto like the uh, the weight thing and dieting. But like, it's so weird that we as a society have to worry about making sure that we don't get too fat. You know, like that's it's such a, privilege. a it's such a sign of like prosperity and privilege. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, and it's it should be like the first warning signal when like we look at our society and it's like man like people are starting to be very lackadaisical and like nonchalant about like how they look you know yeah, totally because you even think about like i mean granted like i didn't live in the 60s or whatever but you like i mean the, the 20s was the depression yeah, you know like you exactly. see pictures of like rail thin like yeah irish people kids are actually starving right yeah. and then like now like a hundred years later it's like the like pe more people die in this country from obesity than yeah. malnutrition. Hundred percent. That's the number one leading cause of death is like heart disease, which is again caused because I'm drinking a beer after I just ate a bunch of French fries from <laughs> the Sheets Drive Through. That's my meal for the night, and I'm vegetarian, so I actually I'm like I get all high and mighty sometimes. Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm I'm vegetarian, and it's right. like, dude, my meals include like grilled cheeses, beer, and French fries. Like that's, that is not healthier. Right. That's because I'm a vegetarian as well, yeah. and like everyone I know who's a vegetarian eats like shit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just garbage. Yeah, so I'm Anything. like. And I'm sure that's not true. I would say, like, well, everyone that I can think of off the top of my head, because now I am starting to, like, picture some, like, 
but also like i know some i'm sure you do as well like people that like just eat or like only eat what they have grown or like oh, yeah. those kind of people yeah. you know that to me is cool because you're also like creating this actual cycle of like i'm growing something and i'm consuming it it's like this like beautiful life cycle because like our, our meals are supposed to be like that and that's why i don't eat meat it's not necessarily like about even cows because Listen, if I was fucking hungry and a cow was outside, I'd shoot it in the head and eat it. <laughs> Let me just be straight up with you. I'm not trying to act all high and mighty. Sure. But like the fact that we factory farm cows, that mm-hmm. is disgusting to me. And that we destroy our earth to like put animals in these small cages over and over again. Like it's yeah. not out of hunger, like you said. Like we're not dying of malnutrition, man. Like yeah, we, don't we don't need a big burger at every meal. Like stop. Right. Well, that's that's the same thing for me, man. Because it's like it's exactly the same. It's not that I oppose. Like my my dad shot a deer this year, and we're Jamie and I are gonna get meat from it, and we're probably yeah. gonna eat it because yeah. it's like that. Like that was literally just wa- like from point A to point B. Yeah, is so many stops. Like yes. and so safer and so like tangible and like spiritual. Whereas like is not manufactured and like in some like some factory somewhere yeah, you know yeah. and like and so what i say to the people is like well like i just don't feel comfortable putting something into my body that's last sentience moments and maybe entire life was just torture it was just torture you know that's and it. like and i know people like don't necessarily want to hear us talk about this because it makes you go well shit. it makes you sad because right. but their life is torture i saw that they're putting vr headsets on cows <laughs> to fake <laughs> like outdoors oh, no. and i was like hey here's a cool tip there is an outdoors. Oh. Like, you don't need to buy VR sets. We're not getting Oculuses oh. for our cows, bro. Like, just put them outside. They're cows, man. They'd probably be so much happier and, like... Oh, yeah. Like, and if, like, each family... Like, I got my mom this little thing. Like, one of those things that grow, like, little tomatoes. And, like, my mom is the happiest because she's like, I hate when I can't get fresh tomatoes. Mm. And I was like, this is adorable. But you can't always get fresh tomatoes. It's not because it's natural. It's because we're shipping them from, like... All around the world. So it's like, this tomato took like 30 days to get to me. No wonder why it looks all plump and red. Like, they're just probably spray painting them at this point. Yeah, man. And it's it's so sad because, I, and I think about this, like, you know, it, what who who would Tim Mangle be if he could be the very best version of himself? If he didn't smoke, if he didn't, like, if he didn't do all the bad things that were yeah. bad for him. Like, what kind of superpowers would I have, you know? Like, because he, like, and I'm sure you can definitely attest to this, but, like, the human spirit is so gosh darn resilient, you so know? So much, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's just amazing the, the op, the op, I mean, the, what is the optic, what am I struggling on that the word? Optimal. That we can overcome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that didn't sound like a real word in my head. Optic, optical, <laughs> optical? I can't even say it. Anywho, I've had, like, two sips of this beer, so it can't be that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, man, it's just, it's so impressive, and it's like, I give myself to these lower things, like, the lower pleasures of, like, what gluttony, the actual sin of gluttony, right? Yeah, oh, for sure, and I feel, I actually feel, one thing that I love, so when I was in Montreal, there was, uh, like, my uh, office had this beautiful, like, food pyramid-looking thing, but it wasn't actually a food pyramid, because the food pyramid's an American invention, like, they don't have that in other countries, because the bottom of it's like, eat a lot of grains, it's like, well... Like, and, like, there's milk on it. Not any every other country's like, a staple of your diet is milk. is the nipple, like, water <laughs> from these cows we abuse. Like, no other country does that. But a big thing there was, like, hey, bro, like, if you're going to have a meal, it was tips for how to have a better, healthy relationship food. It said, don't ever eat by yourself. Don't eat while working. Don't eat while walking. 
Hmm. And it was this idea of like sit with people. And I remember I was walking around. I had a bowl of cereal and I'm on my AirPods and I'm just wolfing down like discussing like Cheerios with like pretty much a stick of butter in it because I'm starving and it's like the morning and I'm yelling at people already. And it's like people were just literally like, this is garish. Sit down. Sit down with us. And everyone just wanted to sit and have like lunch. And honestly, I felt like I ate less because when I sit like and I almost like shame eat. I would get mm-hmm. like nine things from sheet sitting like in front of my TV and like put on the office and I'm like, I don't know. Like mm-hmm. that's not a healthy way to eat. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, let's sit down and let's share a piece of bread and some some like you know like some food. Right. Let's eat. Let's cut up some. What cheese. if we actually treated the food like the third part of the meat, like the like the third member yeah. of the meal? You yeah, know? for sure. And yeah, I talked about that on my last episode. Was this time I remember watching a guy who was like, he was, it was a uh, when I was overseas and this. He was like, I want to be intentional about enjoying the food that yeah. I'm eating. And yeah. we were at a party and he was eating pizza and he would be talking and he would be like, I'm sorry. But like he would take a second and to just watch somebody just soak in a pizza. You're like, yeah. man, I'm not doing it right. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, exactly. Cause I'm like, <sighs> well, and it's it's like even for me, I see myself like being like. I can't start eating until I the 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 thing the other thing is rolling. Yeah. You know? Oh like, yeah, totally. And just I I I can't remember if I've told this story before, but I know you'll appreciate this very much. Um did you have you seen uh what's the what's the name Invincibles? Invincibles two. Have you seen this? Oh yeah, I love the Invincibles. So okay, so I went to go see the the second Invincibles and it was at a, a noon showing on a weekend. So I'm like, maybe there oh, won't nice. be there won't be too many people, but whatever. And it, it was one of those theaters where you can recline the, the chairs and they have like fast food oh, there. I love those. I, oh, <laughs> I wow. mean it's, I know we're talking about like that's like pleasure. Well hold on. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, okay, so I, I walk into the movie theater and it's packed with people and the smell of you know, a, a a pizza that was cooked in a gross microwave, a like deep fried fry, like just like all the smell of all these things coming together, and then like the villain of the movie was this guy that was like showing, he's like was using hypnosis to like dull people, and he was like, your entertainment has made you weak, and like blah 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 no, blah blah. I love yeah. it. And I'm just sitting in this room full of people that are like, like. I can, and I'm just like, this is so gross, but like, we're so that, like I said, we're so in love with that lower pleasure of like just quick gratis gratification. Yeah, and I think honestly, I would always say when because I have one by me, like a nice Alamo Draft House, I would never want to watch Wally there because I feel like the people on Wally when I'm in those seats. Mm-hmm. But I love the idea that we can kind of go out and enjoy these pleasures and this and that. But I do think sometimes the gluttony and the overdoing it doesn't come from, I don't think it's about shaming people for their body or this and that. It comes from us actually sometimes being unhappy with ourselves. And I don't like my day to day. I work all day. I'm not appreciated by anyone around me. And now I just rifle in a burrito and some pizza while I'm watching the next like crappy like Quentin Tarantino movie because <laughs> it's the only thing that brings my stupid little life meaning. Right. And like that's I think a symptom of a sad society where we just sometimes aren't fulfilled by the things that are outside of that movie theater that we want to jam everything into those two hours before the lights come on. You know right. what I mean? Well, and that's, that's exactly right because maybe if 
And that's not, you know, because I would say even the healthiest, greatest time of my life, I was going to the movie theater a lot. But when I was doing it, I would leave my phone at home. So I would drive to the movie. I would oh, drive nice. to a movie theater without a phone. Oh, that sounds amazing. Like, yeah. And like, it sounds I'm like, like scared even thinking of it. Right. Though. And like, which is such a sad state. Like, yeah, because, dude, we didn't grow up with them. Like we got them in our like late teens. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like. Maybe that was the perfect time to get introduced to him because, like, we had the the adolescence where it's like I was thinking the other day. I'm like, how did I used to get home? I know I have no clue. <laughs> we just had to remember. Like, I'm scared. Like, I sometimes think of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I don't know Jamie's out. phone number. Oh yeah, no, I don't know. If I like fell in a ravine and I was like, someone help me, I didn't know my phone. Mm-hmm. You'd be like, I got a phone, son. Who do you want me to call? I'd be like, I don't know. Do you have my mom's number? Like, <laughs> I don't know anyone's number, bro. Like, I, like, I mean, I call people predominantly over Facebook Messenger. Me too. So like, I don't even use my data or like or my like actual calling plan. Right. Like, and my calling plan's like just as bad service wise as it is for the other thing. Right? So like, like, why not use that? Uh, we're like, it's such a okay. So. I have this book over here, and we might have talked about this the last time you came through town, but the premise of the book is so... It, there's, I won't go into the main premise, but a subset of it is the idea of, you know, we when we sit and we have these philosophical conversations, usually it leads to a point of maybe it is best for us to go back to something more simpler, yeah. but then this guy poses the opposite idea of like, well, then why do we keep trying to build metropolises and large societies you know know. like 100 so there's this weird conflict within us is like we knew something was we we're definitely aware of the fact that we left a safe way of being to try to venture into whatever it is that we're creating right now yeah and i mean so i have a friend his name is Wu, and uh he's just the coolest dude i've ever met wilderness guy he just travels around in a van with his puppies and he like hoofs, does work on like farms in different places, eats food that he like catches, mountain man. And I love him for that. He would come and stay at me in, in Hollywood. Those are going to be the people who survive the apocalypse or people oh, that are currently living in fans. I'm running right to him because like, come <laughs> on. And we're like chilling in my Hollywood house and I was, I was with my ex at the time. He looked around and he said, like, bro, you got like, you got a life here, brother. Like you made something for yourself. Like this is, I'm really proud of you, dog. Like good shit. Like, and it, it literally made me like tear up. But then I thought in my head. I see this guy come through town. I'm like, you live in a, a van with your dog? I don't know what this homie's got. And so, like, we're both looking at each other, like, and we're longing for what each other has instead of literally going, wait, hold on. He just said he's proud of me. Right. And I don't I hear that often sometimes. Like, you know, it's good to hear someone say they're proud of you. I'm going to hear it. Right. And I feel like sometimes we, we and I said to him, I, I can't believe you're living like this. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, we don't sometimes just stop and go, wow, dude. Yeah, what I got is dope. And like, one right. of my homies recognizes what I got is dope. Like, why am I acting like... I need to quick then bounce the compliment away from it. No, 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 no. It's like, no, you, you, made you can something. actually celebrate. Well, it's, I think we don't have a society that tells you that. Well, here's a, here's something we can talk about. Cause I think like there's, we live in a society that's trying to overcome the, like, cause our parents' generation and older had no idea of like self love or self value, right? Like yeah. they definitely struggled with that. Where our media is like very much is like bombarded with like love yourself no matter what, and I think that's true. Yeah. But I saw this somebody posted this on their Instagram story the other day, and it was like your ex was wrong about you. Yeah. And I'm like, what if there weren't? <laughs> well, what if they weren't? Because yeah. my ex was not wrong about me. I was a miserable asshole <laughs> who worked too much and didn't show her love. And like honestly, like I had to learn from those things. Like mm-hmm. she walked out the door, and I was like, if I just said she's wrong, I'd continue on going. 
I'm I'm right. And like, no, I had to like stop and check myself. Like, you were a piece of shit to her. Like, you didn't yeah. love this woman the way she deserved to be loved. Like, you did this, bro. And it's not like I have to go, well, boo-hoo. It's like, I made some physical-ass changes in my life that like, I'm more happy with myself because I didn't listen to those cues. So yeah, you're right. Like being like, your ex was wrong about you. It was like, why are they though? Because like, you know, like right. he or so she could have be... been doing something that was like, yo, stop this. Right. Like it can't be all like positive reinforcement, but it has to be to some degree, you know? Like, yeah. So there's this, let's bring the Jews in. There's this Jewish uh, parable or p- proverb or idiom, whatever it would be, or actually mm-hmm. they, it's, it's something that they practice is that... Um, They'll have a scroll in one and two in both their pockets, and on one side it'll say, uh, "Remember that you are made of the the dirt," and on the other side it'll remember it'll say, "Remember you are also made of the stars." Wow, right, it's beautiful. So it's like the human the human conflict is trying to hold those two yeah. things in unison. Wow, because it's yeah. like you can't just you can't just be like I'm dirt, but yeah. you also just can't be like I'm the stars, right? Yeah, 100%. So like. That's why humility is important, but also is confidence and like self-love and, and self-appreciation. You I know? agree. And I think the same thing happens with our past and our futures of like, it's so many times I, I'll talk to people about love loss and these things that I've gone through. Because when my ex left me, it was one of the lowest times of my life. Like I literally was like suicidal. I, I almost relapsed on drugs. Like I had a bad time because I was like the person that I built my personality around left me. Mm. And it really hurt, man. Like it, it sucked. And I almost was left with... Who am I? Like you said, I love. I was left with the dirt. Right. But um, I, a lot of people were like, "Don't live in the past, man. You got to live in the in the now." And I was like, "Okay, if I keep living in the past, yeah, I'm gonna have anxiety, always thinking about like my ex or whatever. And if I keep like just looking into the future, I'm gonna have anxiety because I'm always just on the go, running and running. And if I'm just like even in the now, I'm kind of like a dipshit who's just like, I'm just here. Like you're a bump right. on a log. Like I think life, you have to hold all of those in unison and be like." I came from this past. I'm looking for this future, but I'm here right now. And like, mm-hmm. how do I hold all of them mm-hmm. in unison? Cause like, if you do one or the other, you're going to make a bad life for yourself. Right. Well, there's, there's two ways I can go with that. I'll, I feel like I've told this story before, so I'll maybe tell a condensed version of it, but there's, there's an, there's a, a Gnostic interpretation of the crucifixion that looks something like, you know, because Jesus was crucified between two thieves. Mm. And so the one thief represents the past and the one thief wow. represents the future, oh, right? Wow, I didn't even think of that. That's right, crazy. so you have, but then you have Jesus who's in the now and, and the now is yeah. terrible. You know, yeah. as, you know, um, existentially speaking, philosophically speaking, you know? Yeah. So like the answer then is to, you know, in layman's term is to submit to God, which is the idea of what the idea of living in the moment is supposed to be. Yeah. Because I think, you know, living in the moment is one of those things that can also be turned into just do whatever feels good right now. You know, yeah. like and that's the gluttony we were just talking about. Right. Because there's no <laughs> there's no long term. Like, how do how do I get out of this? Yeah. You know, what's like, next after this? Instead of just coping. Or and even like, how did I get here? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just in the now and I feel like, yo, bro, but like, do you have your keys to your car? Like, yeah. are you going to go home? Like, my wife's like ready to kick you out of the house. Like, let's go, dog. Like, you can't stay here anymore, man. Yeah. <laughs> There's dust on you. <laughs> I'm in the now, bro. No, dude. Well, that's what, that's something Ramdas would say. He's like, you have to be, able, he's like, you have to remember your zip code. Like, you can't just be wandering like the heavens and like. Makes sense. And again, because it's learning to hold the polars and the extremes. It's being grounded and being transcended at the same time. Yeah. And I think like 
and I think there's something to be said about like the spiritual journey, people or whatever it is, the the path for, to freedom. Let's call it. Yeah. It's people go on that path trying to escape their problems, right? And so, like, you eventually get to a place where it's like the running. You just can't stop. You have to learn to overcome and to live yeah. with them and to hold it, right? And the the running sometimes becomes your present, mm-hmm. and that's the thing. I I think when people think about the future, especially like we're talking about cell phones and society, like. I don't know how many times a day I'm like, oh, I wish, like, I would think of this app that would do this or this. I, in my head, I'm always thinking of, like, capitalistic gains. I know I'm never going to build an app that lets me know where every toilet is in a mall. <laughs> I'd love that. That'd be sick. I just am never going to do it. But how won't, and, and even so, it's like, well, realistically, would that blow up? Would people put that on their phone? Right. You know, because even, yeah. like, because there's some, like, how many apps are created a day and, like, how many of them become staple, like, you rotate between them. I you know, know? like that's that's yeah, that's fair. Like I have so many things on my phone that sometimes I'll look at. I'm like, I had to be really high or drunk when I found <laughs> these because it's like I found one that was like a plant identifier, which there was no way I wasn't like a little stone. Yeah. Be like, wonder what that plant is, bro. <laughs> plant identifier. Well, because I'm sure you it's know? probably you can like just take a picture of it and it's like oh, it's this. lovely and it's like this is a <laughs> this is a desert chola and. It needs like water once every three months. If it's in your house, put it here. And I was like, dope. Yeah. See, <laughs> but again, like we've has has the access to that information at such a rapid pace doled us as a species. And I think I've heard somewhere. See, here's the problem, man, is like I, I can say to you what I was about to say is like I heard somewhere that it is. Yeah. And it's like, well, who did what? And, yeah. Who study? Right. So like I'm trying to really avoid the, well, you know, they say that. That whole thing. Yeah, because honestly, people are like, it might have dulled this or that. I always think of it this way. And my, my aunt visited me today, and she's just an amazing uh, English teacher in New Jersey, and she loves art history. And we were randomly talking about um, 3D printing. And I was like, you know, in 3D printing, you can now like t- twist the object. You can pretty much paint in 3D. She's like, man, imagine what Michelangelo would do. And then she stopped herself and goes like, hold on, though. But what made Mad- Michelangelo cool was that he laid on his damn back for a decade disfiguring himself losing his eyesight to make this like that's actually what's important about the frescoes right is like when i look at them if it was 3d printed i'd be like "Eh." but like when you walk in there and you're like oh what like this like a man did this like yeah yeah, like so like i don't think like is there any difference in like our thing i think it's just like you know that seems impressive but it wasn't like you know he had a more in tune nature because if he actually was able to consume all the information we have he might have been like all right screw this fresco i'm making it way quicker right but no he didn't have his phone going boop uh there's another the COVID death rates in your area are rising right boop. do you want a ten dollar off coupon from like taco bell like boop, 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 boop. <laughs> like that's pulling our attention so oh my gosh is it dulling our senses or are we like holding a bunch of shit in there <laughs> like, yeah. like a lot of stuff where you're like i i feel like i know so much info well, and, for the day you know right and Something that I've a big like I won't say epiphany because that seems like too dramatic, but something that like I realized was you know you look at humans in c- contrast to the rest of the animal animal society and how much how vulnerable we are at birth because we need to be born early because our brains are too big and if if yeah. we're if we're born later then the the woman can't physically do she it she just can't do it so yeah. evolution has gotten to a point where it's more important that our brain is preserved yeah. in the state that it is than our bodies be protected yeah that's a and i mean there's a guy i'm not i don't remember his name but 
it's about the naked I think it's called the naked ape and mm. it's about humans losing their hair hmm. hominids like there were thousands and thousands of hominid species maybe not thousands but there was a lot of them a lot of them we got one homo sapien mm-hmm. that's it so the things that we evolved from there were so many of them most of them were, were hairy and so advantageously why would it be better for us that I need to go outside I need to wear my flannel and my vegan leather jacket or else I'm gonna die <laughs> like I'd straight up die out there in like an yeah. hour I'm from LA like I literally <laughs> just, I'm scared when I go outside I'm like where's the car is it close like, like we just start the street I'm like no like how far <laughs> how far is the street so it's like how is that advantageous so sometimes I think and again this is not a, a saying that Darwin was completely wrong but was he potentially completely right? Because why in the hell would it be advantageous for like you, like you said, for us to be born early with soft skulls mm-hmm. and hairless mm-hmm. in a world that gets cold and rains? Right. Yeah, it's crazy. And again, it's, it goes back to the thing of like, well, there's nothing to say that evolution isn't like working a lot out right now. You know, yeah, like we're in the middle of it, like right now. I definitely think that that's like the conflict between even the whole because you don't you don't see animals struggling with their divinity versus their like no. animalness. You in know? fact, they can't understand abstractions. Well, that's true. So can. like, like I, so that's not it's not even a problem, right? Like yeah. it's not like it's not even on the chessboard of yeah. like things to to try to figure out. But to kind of swing swing back into something that we were talking about earlier, like the idea of completely losing who you are. So you either, I feel like this happens to a lot of people. It's easy to build up because your identity is not just who you like, who you say you are, right? It's, yeah. it's your surroundings. It's who you like yeah. invest yourself into and, and all those you things. Wear. Right. And <laughs> <laughs> the beanies you wear, the, the, the rips that you, you put in your jeans. 100%. Um, but uh, I mean, I have holes in these as well, and stains. They're nice. They look cool. Thank you. These the are stains my... are fashion. That's dude. That's Jamie. It's a fashion I... stain. Jamie, that's exactly what. Right. Jamie and I talk about stains versus wrinkles, and I'm like, stains are can be cool. Wrinkles are never. Wrinkles cool. are never cool. Stains no. are dead. <laughs> but um, so um, so when you lose yourself, it's and like I felt like I've lost myself many times in my life, right? And yeah. To varying degrees. But it's either you can. It's easy to fall into an ideology than it is to try to figure out who you are. Yeah, independently, 100%. you know, because yeah. when we were kids, well, kids, um, when I was just a little boy, a little boy, um, Evan and I were in a Christian techno metal band called yes. Spartacus. You're so cute that the keyboard that I played in that band is sitting right over here. We were talking <laughs> about that before uh, we went on the air, but um. So, yeah, we were young kids who, like, came from a a not-so-great area, not-so-great surrounding, and, like, yeah. we ended up needing something, at least for me, I'll speak for myself, and I'll see if you can attest to this, but, like, I needed something to help make sense of the world or to give me purpose, or yeah. to at least, like, it was definitely to make sense of things. To make sense, and I also think, a big thing for me, too, I think was, like, community, you know? Mm-hmm. I needed some people to be around, because I feel like... Being like a little emo boy in a in a farm town was like hell. Like mm-hmm. the amount of times a homophobic slur was thrown at me at the at the lunch table in my right. small like high school, it, like I would just feel like garbage. I felt like less than garbage. Like I'd come home and I'd be like, damn it. And then I'd find like these these like ideologies that were like, this is this is the the cross you have to bear. Right. And it was such an easy answer for me that I literally was like, 
Wait, okay. And it felt really, it felt cozy. It felt like this like spiritual blanket being put mm-hmm. on me. But could you say that, that that's true of the church, but also even like punk rock? Like, oh yeah. It's meeting people like you and like, you're right. It's playing music. It's learning that like I can scream into a microphone and yell and be okay. Right. Well, <laughs> it's like you can, I remember watching you and Marco and Soretti's band. And I remember just looking at you guys, like, it, hindsight, when I look back on that, I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm in pain, too, is yeah. what I think about when yeah. I, like, think about that band, you yeah. know? Like, because that was, like, and I like, and I feel that way, and this is maybe me just, this is definitely me just getting older, right? Because I look at, like, the music I used to listen to, and I'm like, yeah. man, I was just so young and angry, right. and, like, right. And you find that, that, like you're saying, it's always about community. Like yes, at the end of the day, right? Because that's what it's always going to come down to is we're we're yeah. pack and animals. also easy answers. Because this is the thing is I feel like you and I. One thing that I always loved about us is we would have discussions. But I think one thing that I was I've learned with age is that sometimes I'd walk away from things and I'd hear something in like religion. I'd be like, "Yep, that's it. That's the truth." Mm-hmm. And I walk around but I know the truth. And I would almost like kind of carry it on my shoulder, like I know the truth. I'm good. Mm-hmm. But like as I got older and older and realized, I was like, wait, that truth wasn't a hundred percent a truth. It was a truth at the time, maybe, or it right. had a partial truth. I or think it's a metaphorical this, truth, or, or it's a metaphorical, or an, or it's honestly sometimes it's even just a good use of in, the English language. Right. will be like, water always flows under a moving bridge or something, and you're like, well, I don't know what that means, but <laughs> oh, sure, like, put, I'll put it on like a picture and I'll go to my grandma for a bathroom. Like, right, yeah. And so I think you're right. Like sometimes it was seeking truth, which I think is always a good thing. But mm-hmm. I think one thing that I was always nervous about with ideology is that sometimes it would tell me I arrived at the truth. Mm. And I don't know if that's actually a symptom of religion itself, because I feel like religion is actually about always creating a more perfect truth. But I think sometimes churches are where I always had a problem with it then, is because then churches would go, well, we're, we're the one. Like, I grew right. up Catholic. Right. If you're not Catholic, you're going to hell. And I was like, wait, hold on. Isn't Gam Gam a Presbyterian? <laughs> Like this is the salt of the earth woman who's given people like like the Pepsi's out to the guys who are like picking up the trash outside. Like mm-hmm. this lady's a salt of the earth woman. She's going where I'm going if I'm practicing this. Like I was right. like, well, Gam Gam didn't get baptized. Right. Yeah. No. And like that. Like I was like, wait, if there was an omnipresent God and he he sent this little lovely woman to hell because he's like, you didn't dunk your head in that thing that these guys did. Like mm-hmm. that would make me like really upset. And I think like it almost doesn't, it is nonsensical now as an adult, but as a kid, I would actually victimize the folk others. I'd be like, if you don't do this, you're right. not going to heaven. I would. Right. And I almost felt like comfort in it. Cause everyone, my whole life called me the F word and you're, you're a little pussy. Like, I'll beat your ass. Like, mm-hmm. and it made me feel really bad. And then finally I kind of got allowed to be you have the moral su- support superiority. Yeah, I was like, Oh, I might be the homophobic slur you've been calling me, but I'm going to heaven. I'm right. going to hell. <laughs> like, yeah. You, you know, know what I mean? and it's, yeah, it's definitely like, cause that's the thing. And I've said this before on the podcast is like, if there, if that place was to exist, the only proper response is to try to get everyone out of that or else you're a sociopath, you yes. know, like, yes. So it's, and again, like even going back to like, how, how do you, what is truth? Right. So the problem is, is like, man, you first, you have to figure out a definition before you can yeah. figure out an answer. So and I think people usually go to an answer before they figure out a definition of the word that they're trying to, I agree. You know, so yeah. like, um, and people will tell, because you'll be like, what is truth? And they'll be like, well, here you go. And even like, there was one of my favorite things 
one of my favorite things in the Bible, a thing that happened in the Bible that I really enjoy yeah. is when Jesus is about to be crucified, he'd already been flogged and he was, he was with Pontius Pilate took him off to the side and was like trying to calm down the crowd that was like crucify him. Yeah. And he was like, he was having a discussion with him. He's like, listen, like tell me something that I can get you out of this, yeah. you know? And like Jesus and he's like, Jesus was saying like, you know, I, I am a, my, we're the, I am the kingdom of truth and essentially something along those lines. That's not the important part. Jesus brings up the idea of truth. Pontius Pilate responds, what is truth? And there is no response from Jesus. Wow. And I, what I love to picture in that, what the, the image that conjures up to, in my head is, is a man who's standing there beaten and bruised and destroyed by a world that he came to save and this guy says, what is truth? And he just stands there and says, it's, it's this, you know, it's, yeah. it's the actual human experience. Yeah. It's the realness of the human experience. That makes and sense. it's, that is what ultimately what truth is. And yeah. so like that, that doesn't necessarily mean that there, the truth is like subjective to the individual, but that there is a larger being, there's a larger story that we're participating in and that, you know that's truth and it's manifested by us entering into it and being broken by it you know yeah i mean there's there's the great metaphors in 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 eastern religions of of like the uh the lotus flowers obviously right like the layers mm -hmm. and i do think there are and this is this is controversial as well there are layers of truth though and i know <laughs> it's tough to do and i think it becomes tough in something like in politics or something like this is a fact or this is a fact because mm -hmm. then you take it as a truth but there is a thing in the middle that I feel like is the truth. Then you mm. go out and it's a little more subjective. By the time you're out at the petals of this flower, right. there's a truth that's is for me. I like I, my truth is I like I wear black every day. Mm -hmm. That's a truth sure. for me. But sure. I couldn't say, go out and say the world is like everyone. The, world. the it's truth best for you if is everyone black. wears black, right? And so that's a big different thing. But for me, right. it's a thing, and it's like okay. But then as I move in closer, right? Like there's then other more different truths that we all can glean as people, but they become a bit more collective. So I think as you go to the fringes, truth is almost like one of those like kind of like those kind of charts where it's like at the fringe of truth, you have yourself and a truth that's yours. Mm -hmm. As you keep moving up here, they become more collective and collective. But as they keep going up and up, I think actually they become more disputable. Right. And that's Cause even, difficult. Because there's even something to be said about like, you know, what is the idea of... Because some people would say that it's a truth that it's good to not kill anybody. Yeah. But then a a society that is, you know, very small and defenseless, it might need to do that in order to survive. It might need to kill. You know, so like that the truth is different there. And man, again, like the idea of truth is such a, it's such a big thing that it's so hard to like, and I think like, I def I mean I definitely think that ideologies are trying to answer that question of what is what is real what is yeah, truth you know like cuz even like punk rock is like well if you do this then that's the proper way to be yep 100% but then like you you look and you see another person and you're like well if they were living this lifestyle would would we have ice cream you know <laughs> like yeah. or whatever it is 100%. you know like how do we get from how like one uh, I feel like I've been talking too much, but I'll, I'll throw this no, to you: sense. is like, how do we how do we get a country that's so diverse? And because we need ideologies, or at least what they kind of offer to some degree. Yeah, hundred percent. But but we can't keep living in a society that 
kills people over the ideologies. Yes. And I think that's a big, a big difficulty, right? Because I think it's like hip in our modern time to say like tolerance, respect everybody. Mm-hmm. But there's a certain group of people you can't respect. And me and my dad actually had this argument today and my dad and I have very different political beliefs. But one thing we both could agree on was World War II was a justified war. I'm a pacifist who doesn't want to like, who doesn't believe in the death penalty. But if I, there was a bunch of Nazis in Pottsville right now, we would take up arms and we right. have to kill them. Like right. that's the only possible way to get out of that situation. Like, and I think like for in my thought is is like ideologies though could then become so like stringent. Then is now all of a sudden do I actually kill everyone who someone calls a Nazi? Because you know that in mm-hmm. politics today. People go, they're acting like Hitler. They're acting like a Nazi. It's like people called even Trump that. And listen, I'm the biggest first F Trump person in the entire universe. Mm-hmm. And But when people are like, he's like Hitler or fascist or whatever, I'm like, oh, he's filing lawsuits in Pennsylvania to stop the vote. Mm-hmm. He's not marching up to your house and pulling your grandma out of the street and having her beaten with like a club. Right. Like, putting, he putting, ain't like Hitler. Putting, okay. Putting people in like bus, like in trains, like yes. with no, yeah, just. And this hyperbole. Right. And so I think the hyperbole that happens is like you could be anti-Trump without having to go to these levels because if you do call someone a Nazi, it sympathizes, I think, murder. And I think that's a way that liberals do it. But I think the way that also religious folks do it as well is by saying, well, it's just in the Bible, man. Like, mm. you know, just in the Quran. It's just in the Talmud. Like, right. you can't be like, you they, can't be They pass gay. off the the responsibility of free thinking and choice That's for I'm sorry. ideology. We were in Lancaster today with down my sister's place. And one of the shirts said, like, I would rather, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather be single than have the misses and britches. That was a t-shirt. <laughs> And I literally looked at it and like my mom was like, she was like, Ev, calm down. But I was like, this you piece of shit. Like I'm looking at the guy. I'm like, this is a t-shirt you son, you sexist bastard. Mm-hmm. This is a little Amish man. And I'm ready to like stab him in the face. But would I actually kill him? No. Right. But his ideology to someone who is the the son of a strong, like uh, of a strong woman mm-hmm. who had another strong like woman who mm-hmm. loves my like little sister who's a strong woman. And I know we always say, you can't just say just because of these people around you, you care about women. Sure. But guess what? They were both standing around me. And mm. for them to look at that t-shirt, I felt like, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Like, that was my only thought I had in my head is I was like, I'm going to beat this old man's ass. <laughs> and I had to like calm myself down. Mm-hmm. But I was like, wow, you almost had used justified anger. Right. Or was it justified? This little old man just selling some stupid t-shirt. <laughs> right. And it's like. He's not hurting anybody realistically. No. You know, like, and yeah. like I put obvious- it through my own head and was like, you're victimizing my grandmother, mother, and sister. I'm going to hurt you. Well, yeah, and especially because if they're what? standing there and they're like, we're fine, you know, yeah, then it's just. I know, right? <laughs> like- I put it in through my head. I was like, I got to fight for these women. And I was like, what you're doing is sexist right now, thinking that they need a man right. to stand up and yell at this little Amish man. Well, that's, a, that's something I learned from Scrubs, ironically, is that, like, all because. There's there's a certain level of defending women that gets to the point of I'm defending yeah calm down let the men talk about right? how we need to respect women a you know mansplaining like, respect for women yeah in front of the three women I love the most in the world and it's like wait well they, and this, if they didn't like it they could have said something so this is like and this is kind of an escape from this is the answer I think to some degree of how do you escape ideologies is you learn to listen right yes and so it's like you you talk to that old man and like almost like 80% he would have been like 
I just thought it was silly. Like I did, like I wasn't tr- like I'm like like if we pinned him, I was like, what do you think about like the women's in the workplace and like yeah. all these things? Uh, maybe, but maybe he wouldn't, you know. And so like, but isn't there's also something to be said, man? And I think this is like this was obviously born out of like the '60s, but we've I, this is something I, I say to Jamie all the time, and I try to like reiterate to her is like no one has ever done. A- anything like america before no yeah and like super new so like it's not like there's two things that make america a radically different country than everything else and it's yeah. our amount of diversity yeah and it's the amount the fact that everyone in theory has a say into yeah. it you know n- no other chime co- in. <laughs> no other country in the history of the world has ever had that much yeah. this much diversity and a- opinion from the every per- the average everyday person at the same exact time and like and it's like no wonder we don't know how to like right? navigate these waters cuz it's n- like there's no there's nothing that we can look back to and be like this is how they handled it before they did it before yeah and you're like oh well they did it here and it's like well no they didn't and like one of my friends is polish and we were having this discussion he's like yeah, this wouldn't even be an argument in Poland. And I was expecting him to say, like, the Polish people knew how to do something better. And I was like, why? And he's like, well, Poland's 98% Polish. Well, right. And I was like, oh, oh, that is the most simplified. And right, yeah. yes, it's yeah. easier to go, hey, as a country, we got to band together to do this. Because everyone's like, sure, I'm pale like my, like, I look like me. Right. I'm a see-through pole. <laughs> Let's all work together. And there's, like, 1% of the population that's like, Hey, I just got him from Syria. Or, hey, I got him from here. Right. But it's so much easier to not even c- count that into those thoughts. And right. In our country, which I think is beautiful, but I also think it is again, it's arduous. And I think mm-hmm. having to having to allow every person to have a voice mm-hmm. is also me not beating up that Amish man because guess what? You're right. If I maybe would have a discussion with him, we might have disagreed. Mm-hmm. But my hope is, is that I would be able to get enough people around me mm-hmm. and in my life or in our country that would believe that a woman should be able to wear pants. I think that's so basic. First of all, I can't even believe that's a thing. Right. Maybe that's still an argument. I can't believe we're still fighting for that shit. But sure. we are still. But, sure. like, I, you know, I, mean, probably, I hope he doesn't win our argument. <laughs> right. And I, he you know? won't. You know? Well, in theory. See, but here's the problem, man, is that like, and now we're diving real down the political rabbit hole is like, like places like Iran had women in like pants and yeah. like you know so like there is something to be said in like the 90s you know and like they yeah. and so there is something to before be said before the Iranian revolution where the where it became an Islamic state um Iran was a beacon Tehran especially was a beacon of western liberalism where women and families can come in fact i believe it's Osama bin Laden his family was there they're all dressed all groovy 70s vibe mm-hmm. and then like you know when these revolutions happen and again that's an ideology taking over another ideology the you know the islamic right. guard took over the country and the mass repression and i live in los angeles where there's tons of persians who have a lot of pride in in persia but again they come to somewhere like america where it's like hey guess what though like you're gonna pride in this religion but i think for a second here let's talk about the fact that if a woman can't drive a car like are you really gonna support that and like you ask any persian woman in la that was like a, a sick car and is a, a working woman who right, is yeah. doing her own damn thing. She's probably be like, Yo, I can't drive a car, bro. Like I make right. more money than you. Like sit down. Like, right. and so then it's like, it's interesting. Like you said, like when is there a limit on like how much religion could be influential to a society? Um, well, cause here's repression. Cause I definitely believe that part of our suffering as a nation comes from the lack of a cohesive 
mythical narrative shared by all the inhabitants of the land. Yeah. And we're at, again, we're in the, in the weird interim state where it's, where we see what ideal, like the religious ideologies are pointing to, but we yeah. still haven't fully escaped the, Oh, it's only my religion instead yes. of the idea of even what, even, you know, I, I'm sure you're aware of the idea that not the idea the fact that the word Catholic means universal. Yeah. So, like, yeah. it was the idea that Jesus was supposed to show a universal way of being. Yeah. And then that that the point of the Christian missionary was to go out and find that same message in the culture and to point it out. Yeah. And to say, this is the way of being, you that know? makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And, like, and it's, we, unfortunately, we took that message and we, we made it just you know, believe this one guy. Very su- subjective. Submit to this ideology. And um, instead of showing that, like, if it's a true story, it'll manifest itself anywhere. And see, again, like, so, you know, you talk about the level of... And this is, like, one thing that I was... When I was going through my deconstruction phase, I remember asking myself, it's like, well, if Jesus is the universal answer to everyone's problem, then then how was he... What, what was... How was he the answer to the people that lived at the time who were very involved in like pagan yeah. practices and like yeah. weird like cult rituals that like yeah. like slaughtering a cow and bathing in its blood like just yeah. crazy stuff and it's like well how is Jesus the answer to that because I was coming from the 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 ideology of the gospel meaning that you have to believe in Jesus to have your sins forgiven yeah it's very focused on the sin aspect it is, yeah so it's like well did he go into these people and say like your sins are forgiven and why would they be because they didn't seem to worry about their sin they seemed they cared about it too much no they seemed more concerned about how do we reconnect because that, that's what you can see from the people is these them doing these weird acts was just the manifestation of their inner need for deep spiritual connection and set deller and I think a lot of Druid and especially a lot of mm. Mesoamerican um, paganism, mm-hmm. uh, or not even, I guess you can't even call it paganism because it's before we even came over here, but like Mesoamerica, especially like Aztecs and Mayans, and even the Romans were all trying to almost interpret the stars. Right. And like you said, I think it's that idea of, again, the dirt and the, and the, and the stars. stars. It's trying to, what, what, where is my place in all this? Because mm. sins, I feel like, are something that feels very new. And it's the thing that gets me in trouble, I feel like, when I argue religion with almost anybody. Because mm-hmm. people are like, man, don't you think that there's, like, love out there? Don't you think there's, like, peacefulness, this? And then it's like, but, you know, there's this one rule. And then if I disagree with it, then it's like we're now all of a sudden become enemies. Where it's like, mm. I think almost every Abrahamic religion has some oppression of women and homosexuals within mm-hmm. its doctrine. Mm-hmm. Almost every single one of them. And, and even Zoroastrianism, I feel like Zoroastrians will probably put themselves in that as well sure and so um i think that those rules are about a sin though and it's so funny because there's so many sins i feel like littered across the book that like every book that's not just in like well it's also like different books and like we have like we have abrahamic well you know you have abrahamic sins you would have like hindu sins of like cows you know like because that's another thing it's like one religion you can't eat pork one religion you can't eat beef so it's like well which one is it you know literally so and like I was thinking about this today because I was like, there's, we've just lost the understanding of that, that these religious texts are wisdom passed on from a bygone era. Yeah. 
you know, and yeah. instead of holding it to and pun intended as gospel, yeah, but holding it as like these are these are these are people who tried to live. I got this book, man, that you would love because it was the perspective on it was it was it was covering the Abrahamic stories and going from all perspective of like, well, who's right here? Was yeah. was Abraham right in trying to defend Sodom and Gomorrah? Was God right in wanting to destroy it? Was mm, yeah. Sodom right in its desire to just want to, you know, whatever? And, like, he wrote it so beautifully because it would just blend, like, all the, like, you could really see the tapestry of different opinions and perspectives in the yeah. way that he was writing, you know? It's amazing. So it's, it's and it's, it's so liberating to have people who would, you know, have deep respect for, you know, the what 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 I would call God or what what that word is supposed to represent right and but then in the in the narrative they can criticize him because yeah. I was saying this to somebody recently like in the Old Testament you have multiple religious figures or patriarchal figures rather who are debating with God and trying to change his mind yeah. and then come New Testament, that kind of disappears, but it's still like, well, can we do that? And what does that mean? Yeah, are we like, allowed to like challenge? Because every major kind of religion also has the moment of like, when knowledge is passed from a god to a man, it's looked at as, as evil. So when you are in the Adam and Eve story in Genesis, right, the snake gives you knowledge, and then it becomes this idea of Lucifer again, the one who brings light. And then there's no different than Prometheus who was stealing fire from the gods to give it to man, he was cast down. Like, he was like, you ain't, you ain't ours anymore, bud. Like, right. And so what, what about it as, as humans like you and I, we seek light, we seek understanding, we seek knowledge. Mm -hmm. It seems to be, a lot of books will tell you, the person who goes, bro, I got a book, read it. Also, they're like, this guy, get him out of here. Like, mm -hmm. like to me, and like, it was funny because my grandmother was like, you're like, when you talk negative about like Christianity like that, Ev, like you're like the people who who would like burn Christians and stuff. And I was like, no. And I tried to explain this idea to her about um, the snakes, and she was like, I was like, if someone said like this had a bunch of knowledge, would you eat it? She's mm. like, oh yeah, mm. oh yeah. And then mm. I looked, at, see, honey, and like this is a 96 year old woman who's been steeped in, like she's gone through shit in her life, and she is religion is a thing she clings to, you know. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said. That is stupid. Yeah. And it's so funny where, and this is a thing that's, this is the beginning of your book, man. Right. And it wasn't that I was trying to change her whole mind on it, but mm. it made her think, you know what? Actually, like, I love that you, and then we talked about where I'm like, I'm not being, a, I'm not making you a martyr. I'm not trying to persecute you mm -hmm. as what you believe in. I'm just actually asking you questions. But right. You instantly took it as that I'm out there and I feel like I have the same problems all the time on Twitter when mm. I argue about religion, mm -hmm. people attack me because they say I'm actually uh, main one is Islamophobic. Mm. I could bash Christianity, I could even bash right. Judaism, and it's fine. Then when I bash Islam, everyone's like, "You hate the Muslims," and it's like that is the farthest thing from truth. It's like I, the Quran is a dope ass book. Right. Like, what you hate is oppression. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, but I get it because you know what? There are a bunch of Islamophobic assholes out here, mm -hmm. and there's not as many people harming our christian brothers and sisters or well our christian brothers and sisters because jews are experiencing extreme anti-semitism at this moment oh yeah but christians it's easier to again punch to a, a christianity but then as soon as you say this i get it mm -hmm. i would have that knee-jerk reaction too and I, it took learning on my part to be like oh yeah when i say like 
this is poisonous to someone who's talking about their Islamic belief. Mm-hmm. They go, well, no, no, no. I could be actually murdered for my beliefs by a lot of people. So right. you saying that makes me have a flashback of my actual oppression. And I'm trying to re I'm trying to unlearn my vulgar, my, how vulgarly I say things because it actually puts people back into these right. oppressed areas when right. they would actually agree with you. My 96 year old Graham's like Lucifer's kind of tight. And I was right. like, nah. well, that's, <laughs> see, and it's, it's, it's the problem. I think again, cause we're, 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 we're looking into these stories trying to find the answers instead of realizing that the stories are supposed to help you dialogue about the answer yes. instead of offering it to you. Yeah. So, or, or even like the fact that like we forget that like we're, I mean, the problem is, is that we don't know why we're here. Yeah. And so we can't have that as a background to help interpret these stories, yeah. right? Like, yeah. so it's just, they instantly become, like we're talking about that highest level of truth because yep. we can't see there objectively yet. So we yeah. need something that can build us up to objective truth. Yeah. And instead of having objective truth as the thing that we interpret all the stories from, right? Yeah. So that's, sense. yeah, it makes sense. So that's, it's, it's a problem, man, because like, you know, there's, there's just even like the story of Genesis. There's a thousand ways that people have interpreted that since the since it's it's different in the Talmud than it is in the Old Testament that we have. The King James version is gonna be different than the, the New International version. Like right, yes, they're all you're right. So it's like, how do you find which one is actually like giving you the the truish version of it? And the yeah. it, it sounds like again we're being dismissive of it, but what I think we're we're really trying to say in in other language is find what is practical truth and understand that the rest is just metaphor you know yeah or even to be honest with you, what made me really happy was having that discussion with my grandmother i felt like that like how we were saying truth is like jesus just sitting there bloody mm-hmm. it's my grandma looking at me and being like you're like the people who burned joan of arc and i'm like ouch because you are the sweetest woman in the world and if you think that of me like wow i yeah. messed up but then mm-hmm. us going through our little bit moment of her being like, screw you, mm-hmm. and me going, hey, don't say that to me. And, right. and like, when she gets the thing, it wasn't like she, all of a sudden she's like, Lucifer is the bee's knees, bro. But she heard it and was like, oh, yes, I see. You seek truth, and this thing that came to them was truth. And then all, and then all these things, she was like, you know, I never, she literally said, I never really liked the whole honor your father and mother thing. My dad was a real bastard to me, mm-hmm. and I never hear my grandma curse. Even the word bastard to her is a bad... She felt a, a second to be able to tell me a story. She told me about her father being really mean to her as a little girl. And I never heard that. She's 96 right. years old. And the first time... And I'm 29. First time I ever heard these stories of her father being mean to her as a little girl. And like, we... That's... We're now getting closer to our truths as people. Right. And it was like... And it did. It came with a bit of a fire, I think, because it was related to ideology where... Because mm-hmm. if I told you, I was like... You're like, you know, wearing wearing red shoelaces is cool. And I was like, wearing red shoelaces sucks. This should be blue. You're going to be like, you're like the people who burned Joan of Arc. Right, yeah. Ever. You'd be like, oh, yeah, well, I mean, really? I don't think so. You're probably right. wrong. But you right. wouldn't have that much vitriol instantly when at the end of it, it's like a, an easy discussion. Well, and again, right, because like I said earlier, your identity isn't just this is who I am. It's yeah. it's. I challenged her identity for a second where she's like, right whoa <laughs> right and like the, i think that that's the thing because it's man because here's the thing man you say you say like something to somebody who like your grandmother or like somebody who's like maybe even 
like I used to be, or like maybe you were, is the idea of like if someone came up and was like, Jesus isn't real, and they're just like, oh, because it's yeah. just, oh, 100%. It, it takes what that means to the person in subjectively is like, listen, the your base reality yeah. doesn't exist, yes. and it's and it's it's um it's a fallacy, and it's of course people are going to be met with like hesitation you know and it's the same right it's the same thing to say someone like to say to like a liberal that you know their their ideology is wrong it's the same thing to say that like conservatism doesn't need to exist like it's because there's there's people who again like again we just we have that problem of we need we need a ship to direct us in these waters you know and like 100%. 100%. The problem is, is like, you need to, and I said this, this, I can't remember if it was on a podcast or something, but I said this to somebody was like, listen, it's better to be aware of the fact that your boat has flaws than to get on your boat and just ignore the holes. Yeah. You know, oh, like, sense. Yeah. cause you, you need to be able to work on the parts that are going to make you sink. And like, I think, dude, I, I wish people, so I, I do have this struggle of like, I want to get as much spiritual knowledge or like what I think people don't know the Bible as well as they do. And I can only yeah. say that as somebody who went to college no, they, for it, but you know, they don't, like, though, even myself, like I'll just growing up in that, mm-hmm. I'll have people argue with me stuff who are claiming to be Christians. And I'm like, Hmm, interesting. A little Corinthians right now. Cause I'm pretty sure I know a verse. And like, I can, I can almost still to this day after not reading the Bible for years, be like, hold on, hold on. This is what I was trying to show you. And people be like, what? It was the same way that I remember arguing my dad about the Second Amendment. I was like, "Hey, listen, guns are great, but like it in the in the Second Amendment it says well regulated." He goes, "No, it doesn't." Mm-hmm. This is my father who has NRA magazine, owns mm-hmm. guns, wears T-shirts, and say like, "Keep off my guns." You didn't. The Second Amendment is really short compared to the Bible, and right, you didn't yeah. even know the actual ver- the, the actual the verbiage thing in it. Like right. that is mind blowing to me. So the fact that we think that people could actually read how you said this wide vast like this, this of dictionary of uh, this like encyclopedia of wisdom <laughs> yeah. that might be wrong and might be right like and like you're all it's up to interpretation and it's like you expect people because i've had like times where i'll be talking to people and they'll be like well you know jesus did this thing and i'm like that's not any story that's in the bible like it's not yeah you, people you, will say it and it's false and it's just well, it's like, well, then he just becomes this thing that you're just using as like a parable figurehead. You and know, I think that's like, what people do with actual amendments too. And like, mm. and honestly, it's not even a problem on actually our like system of like someone like my dad actually because he he wants to respect something. Mm-hmm. And then someone goes, well, it's this amendment, but we don't actually ever go, okay, well, let me quick read that amendment. Yeah, and it's not his fault because guess what? We create a system like you said, a culture. Where you're right, like I could then use this to justify my gun, mm-hmm. the same way that someone goes. Well, actually, the one time Jesus actually like jumped through like a bunch of hoops of fire and said that, like <laughs> gays should have parades. Like I could make it up too, bro. Like we all could then just justify whatever we're doing. It's like, but well, it and takes also time it's to like actually read and study. I think there's something to be said about like even the fact that like people argue the Bible with quotes from the Bible. It's like, well, then clearly the book doesn't. It's the not. Bible, yeah, the book's not working. The then. book isn't. In the book's not being like this is it because you're you're using the thing to On try the, the argument, yeah. right? Yeah, and it's so that's I mean that's and again like the Christianity that you know your grandmother say that you're railing against or the Christianity that I've kind of kind of tried to deconstruct and and whatever is it's 
our current Christianity. Yes. It's not the eternal like it. It that's that, that doesn't even exist. Like it's it it's yeah. a product of its time. Like yeah. it's when also it's like because you know like when when Calvin came along or uh, was it Calvin? Yeah, whenever uh, was it, which one? I should know this, but um, was like every every man needs to be able to read the bible i think that was john calvin right not sure anyways it doesn't matter someone came along and was like it shouldn't just be the priest who are reading the bible and it's like well yeah that's true but these people can't read yeah and if they could read this could they interpret it could they actually interpret it and like yeah. if they could like and that's the weird i think that's the thing about knowledge man is that's that's similar to like in I think when I see unhealthy spirituality, it usually looks something like I want to transcend my body and I'm just here for knowledge. Yes. So, because for me, and I think like those religion do kind of, I won't say that they offer those two things, but I mean, they definitely offer knowledge and it definitely, they or, do. It, it offers a way to like, there are ways to transcend and like yeah. astral project and all those things or whatever, but it, you can't negate the flesh and blood of it all. Yeah. No, you know, not at all. And I think that that's, I think that's for me, like, again, the beauty of at least I, what I see Christianity trying to represent was God becoming man and taking on the dirt, you know, like in the fullest way. And for me, my current interpretation of it is when I look at Jesus, I don't look at him as an anomaly in history, but I look at him as the representative of everything that you and I are doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's. He's not the only son of God. It's it's all of us collectively, and for us as Westerners, and I I think you'll agree with this statement is like anyone who's comes from Europe is Christian by by almost by default morally, right? Yeah, I mean, but also I think now those demographics are changing, and that's what's causing again but, bringing it back into politics. Mm-hmm. Is because I have so one of my good friends, she is from Tunisia, but she grew up in Paris. And she is from a Muslim family. But if you would say, oh, a Parisian, what is the first thing that pops in your head as a person like us who is like grew up in white America without the access where our parents were taking us to Paris on vacation? We went to the Jersey Shore like <laughs> once every four years. So it's like, oh, like, I see a Parisian. I literally see like a dark haired, swoopy haired white person. I think and, my camera moved at some point in time, so I'm sorry at home if it shifts or if it falls. So just the heads up. We're sorry for that. <laughs> but so I think sometimes it is hard to say what is Europe because Turkey's Europe. Right. Turkey's You're absolutely Turkey, right. You know? Yeah. And so that's the hardest thing is I think it's, it's again, because it's our frame of reference. And mm-hmm. honestly, I didn't know these things until I was able to meet people. So it's so hard sometimes when I feel like we victimize people or we talk to them because me and my dad have been having a lot of discussions. Him and I are very different politically. And we've had these amazing discussions where if I'm not an asshole like I was when I was a kid, when I was like, you know what, Dad, I'm gonna kiss a boy, and you don't you get over it. And like, he was like, what the fuck? Like, anyone would be like, what the fuck? It wasn't even that he was homophobic. He was just like, why are you yelling at me for it? Like, you know what I mean? And now I'm like, hey, dude, like my friend has a husband. He's like, dope. Like, and yeah. it's like the same guy who like I thought was like. This because I made him. I made a lot of the again. Look, we're talking about our, our hometown, our growing up. I made a lot of the people in my life my enemy in my brain, mm-hmm. maybe un, un, unfairly because I just needed something to rail, rail against. Where I was like, they hate me because I like like girls and boys at the same time. How dare right. they, they don't understand me? And it's like, well, no, but you're shouting at them, and I think <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, you know, can you, if I maybe it's just like. Hey, dude! Like, yeah, this guy. Like, I think he's cute, right? And we were right. like, hey, maybe they might need a second. 
Well, you the, know, like the problem is, is that there is a. The problem is, is that it's not just people take things personally, and or it's a projection of their own whatever. It's the fact that oppression does exist. Yes, you know. So yes. it's not just us being like hurt emotional children. Yeah, it was the fact that real oppression, like, like exists. Exists, and so it was. And I think that that's, you know, I I think you. Any good person goes through this sort of transition in their life. They'll get handed some sort of narrative or handed some sort of structure on reality. And they get to a certain point where... I mean, this is just the hero's journey. You you get to a certain point where it all just breaks down. And then you have to go out of the village. And then you have to to figure out who you are. And then I feel like, again, like... A well-integrated individual will come back from that journey and understand it's they're not going to identify with the things that they think, yeah. But they're going to be a solid enough and strong enough in their own just isness in their own being. Yeah, you know, it's just like I'm comfortable with it. And I think it's discussions of like talking. Like I had this great talk with my dad as well. Like I know I keep going back to it because I just don't really have these because I live in a liberal state mm-hmm. where it's like. It's just an echo change. Right, yeah. We should probably save the planet and care about black people. And And it's like, like, that's great. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. and it's like, you know, and then it's like, I go home and I'm like, fuck the police, right? And my dad's like, what did you just say? This household? Do you want to sleep outside, boy? And so it's like, I think of him as so much farther right than he probably is. That guy's probably the most politically centered dude. Just be like, you should not spit on police officers. (laughs) That's not a mainstream thought, but I'm out in California, I think it is. And so. We had a discussion where we talked about privilege, and he's like, "Do you feel privilege growing up?" He's like, "Cause I feel that we we worked really hard for me and your mom to have this like house, like they live out on a lake, and they're like, this is something my dad wanted his whole damn life, dude's mm-hmm. turning sixty soon. He's like, I worked my goddamn ass off for this. Right. I don't feel privileged. Mm-hmm. And it was the moment when I said, but did you ever feel that the thing that holding you back from getting this earlier was your skin color?" Right. And he goes, "No." And it's not an easy same argument. But you know what? Mm-hmm. He never heard something like that. Right. And instead of me yelling at me like, you white privileged fucking piece of shit while he's like enjoying his lake retirement <laughs> with my mother. Like, you know what I mean? I was just like, hey, let me talk to you like a like man to man, brother. Like, and he was like, right. yeah, holy shit. Right. I, I actually need to learn more. Right. And it was over. Like, it was like. Well, different. and it's also because uh, it's white supremacy is so poorly defined as and it's it's easy to hear your. Your white equals your your bad, yeah. bad, as opposed to exactly what you just said. It's the idea of not to negate your individual or even your the suffering of you know middle class yeah, middle class people in America, right? And yeah. like it's the fact that you don't have to worry about your skin color in the midst of all of that. Yeah. That's so that, that's where the waters get mucky because then yeah. it becomes and it's so it's so because our again ideologies it is so similar it's just the tribe so like it's even tribe, just saying yeah. like you're a white person it's so easy to make these barriers like, especially Ooh. when you have something like as obvious as skin color it's yeah. so easy to be like bad like yeah. you know whatever it is yeah and like white make privilege. he's like what i worked in a factory you piece of shit right and yeah I'm like, I, yeah that sucked but like right you know like it's it's different than like it's i mean it's again like it's uh, so I always like going back to the the fact that there's a, a layover between there's probably somebody not being seen there's probably some truth to this and there's yeah. probably people who are projecting again like maybe their own hurt of not being seen or whatever it is I think that's you a know? great way to circle back to the idea of yelling into a microphone because mm-hmm. yeah, I treated <laughs> my 
religious beliefs and my politics that way mm. where I thought that I couldn't be heard unless I was screaming at someone. Right. And now it's like, I still talk about the same radical political beliefs I have. And once in a while I might spit on a police officer if I have to. But <laughs> you live in LA. It's part of just going to get Starbucks. That's Starbucks. You're like, Oh, hi, fuck the police. And you have to spit on a cop. That's what we have to do. That's just a normal. Otherwise they won't sell you soy milk. <laughs> That's just how it happens. <laughs> oh my goodness. But now as like a more mature adult, like I just realized like like you said, like I see the suffering of my fellow man. I have a drive to fix it. And mm-hmm. I'll fix it, understand it, and to do what I can, potential to fix it in my locust, my little fucking lotus right. flower, go this right. little petal, I can maybe give this guy a dollar this or that. Like I could do this or that. But instead, like, it's that maturation of, like, my beliefs changed with age in a way by learning more about every book and not just going, well, if I don't dunk your head in water, your ass is going to burn forever. Right. But I think, you know, and here's here's another thing is to be said about, like, you know, it's especially when you're young, it's very easy to feel like you can because people tell you, like, go change the world, you know, and it's like okay and then like you you go and look at the world and you're like there's a wow, lot there's a lot to change out there. like you want me to fix nuclear waste like that's a problem the half-life of plutonium is four thousand years bro like that's even old wow that's older than grand ground like, it's older than our whole civilization literally and so you're like you're right yeah it's so, overwhelming and then it's like well how do you do that again like how do you change the world without a ship to navigate those waters so it's yeah. it's so easy to just fall in because again so many of those ideologies offer if we just did this then the world would be better you yeah. know like 100%. if we all just prayed and believed in god the world yeah, would, be would be different if we just got rid of the damn liberals like yeah, uh-huh. if we just got rid of trump you know even whatever as as me, even if i get rid of the cops i was like oh is that gonna solve the asshole down the street cooking meth and like <laughs> beating his wife no bro Right, and it's that's all a system. Right, and that's and I think that's, you know, the, that's where the saying "cooler heads will prevail." Right, because in the heat of the moment, you want to deconstruction, and and that's the problem is like getting past deconstructionism is so hard yeah. because once you figure out how to be a good deconstructionist, it's everything. Once once you're a hammer, everything looks like a nail. Right, yeah, so like it's. It's so easy to just tear down everything, but then you're left with this little like all I'm doing is just tearing down. Yeah, then I'm just doing yeah. One of my building, you know, yeah. like I'm a hammer. I should be building, not just yeah. like whatever. Um, so it's 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 again, it's learning to navigate those waters. And like for me, like I've I've discovered even this podcast being kind of a, a work of this is balancing because I've talked to people who were like all over the spiritual spectrum right so like people who would identify like very much as like i am a christian and like people who'd be like i was a christian and like people who were like i never was but i really love jesus you know like all those things and like to to look back at myself and be like well where like where do i sit in relation to it and where's right and like is there like can i tell you that like just being like i'm a christian i believe in the christian doctrine and it's like is that wrong yeah you know totally like I don't, there's no part of my head that other than being like, well, I disagree, I disagree with these things, but like, I can't tell anybody that like them being in love with the person of Jesus and praying to him and whatever is like, or the God Jesus, you know, like, I, I don't see how me 
just sitting here being a deconstruction deconstructionist about that would help those people no. you know like because again i'm sorry like i'm rambling now but like it's those things that are helping them from the the waters of chaos 100 percent, right so like yeah. why would because again like it goes back to the pain of being like i just want to take you into the <laughs> yeah. waters with That's me it. i just gonna pull you down there <laughs> right and misery loves company and again company is what yeah ideology ideology right it's just the group it's the, the what the group believes yeah 100 percent do you mind if we take a quick break so I can pee in an alley? <laughs> well, I think we can probably just wrap it up for for, for then. But uh, do you got anything you want to say before before I, we wrap it up? You know, honestly, all I want to say is actually speak with, with patience. Mm. Because that's a big thing I've learned in just this trip back to see my mom and dad. Is like I, I treated, we were talking about earlier, the town and these things. Like I felt victimized as a kid. and So anger was the thing that took me over. And I think anger is a gift. We should be mad at a world that kills black people with impunity and and subjugates our queer brothers and sisters and still treats women getting paid 70 cents on the damn dollar like Mm -hmm. we have a lot of things to be angry about there's justified anger but to have patience is uh is a thing that we all need to imbue into our our discussion our discourse because i think we would all feel a lot closer as people if we just listen to the other side understood things fight for the injustices that we need to but but really just trust each other and knowing that we're not all dumbasses even if we disagree with each other. Mm-hmm. They probably need someone else to talk to and maybe your information you've been carrying will help them. Right. I think that's what Jesus was carrying around for a long time was him saying, hey bro, here's this thing. Same mm-hmm. thing with, with Muhammad. He was saying, I have this knowledge, I'm giving it to you. Siddhartha, like all these people were just carrying knowledge and we're trying to hand it to each other. But they didn't right. scream at everyone. No, no, no God was just shouting. Right. They were literally calmly discussing things with people that were like, that's wrong. I'm going to nail you to a tree for it. Like right. they, and he was yeah. so in that moment was so like, all right, right. I'm not answering your question of what's truth. Look, right. look, punch pot in the face. Yep. I'm truth. Right. And so that's, that's dope. Yep. Evan, I love you so much, buddy. You are such a gift to me, man. It's, Dude, I love you, brother. It's so Evan and I have bro tattoos. Uh, we do have bro his tattoos. says, his says, want, wander more and mine says wander more yes which is i've always the reason we got this was because it it felt like it perfectly sums up our relationship of we're here to we're here to figure it out we're here to search you know and i i love being able to whenever i cross paths with you i'm like give me what you found and i i know that you feel the same way always so thanks man i i really appreciate it where can people find you Um, i'm just on instagram at evan ponter twitter evan ponter there you go. You're not going to plug radical politics. Ah, uh, no. Nah. <laughs> Don't check that out unless you uh, feel like being radical. If you want to, if you want to become a socialist, go to radical <laughs> politics. <laughs> oh boy, there's a there's a way to end things. Thanks for watching, everybody. Thanks, uh, yeah, have I? I always say my catchphrase for the end of my episodes has become i need a catchphrase or like a way to like sign off because i don't know because i'm just like bye bye catchphrase (laughs) yeah insert catchphrase here insert catchphrase here have a good night everybody see you guys